All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your host, Frank Delana. Fire me up. We got a big guest, big juice today. Coach Andy Ward is back with us. Fresno State, strength conditioning coach, the strength warden. Coach Ward, pleasure to have you back, brother. Good to see you. Good to be back, man. Super excited. <laughs> Appreciate it. I'm fired up. You're fired up. Let's go. Uh, the preseason of winter ball, spring ball, summer ball, all leading into fall camp. This episode will be dropped mid fall camp. So they're going to be in it. You're going to probably be having like a little, you know, the same dinner for the fourth night in a row or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in preparation this next season, it it couldn't be more exciting. Uh, you know, I had a couple position groups on the pod recently. And I think my first question is going to be, you know, when you have a mountain to climb because you had not that great of a season the year before, you know what your goals are. You're pissed off for greatness because you're hungry to get that ring, get that success. Once you get to the top of the mountain, one thing people don't talk about enough, it's hard to stay at the top of the mountain. Facts. So what do you think, not counting this exact team, but just generally, what are the biggest traits needed by a team to stay at the top of that mountain? I mean, to stay at the top of the mountain, a team has to stay committed to the process. It's what it's all about. As soon as you lose sight of the process, of what it takes day in and day out, the commitment, the grind, the refine, the compete, every single day, if you lose sight of that and you lose sight of the small things, that's when you start letting little things slide. Right. And as soon as you let those little things slide, what's what's to let this next thing slide? Right. What's what's to let, oh, maybe I'll just have this meal tonight instead of eating the what I'm supposed to eat. Right. Oh, maybe I don't have to go to this recovery session. Or, or And then it just does a trickle effect. And you see it. I mean, you, we saw it in 2019. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. You know, it happens. Right. But you, if you lose that process and you lose that drive and that, that, that competitiveness to – to want to go get it, fuck a chip on your shoulder. If you, if you don't have that on a day in day out basis, yeah, oh, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I actually, when the linebackers were on, I had a, I pulled this quote out of my ass. I said, "You wake up, you make your bed every day. You wake up one day, you stop making your bed. Before you know it, your whole house goes to shit. But that's real shit, though. It goes to shit. It yeah. just does. It, it's, it's like." And I remember, you know, this thing too, this, it's a Tedford saying of, let's say every day we're going to go for a jog, okay, around the block. And there's four corners of this block, one of those corners, and you're doing this because you're, you're trying to implement discipline and consistency to get better. And one of those corners of that block, there's a gas station. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. You're a little tired one day, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you didn't take care of yourself. Maybe you didn't prepare enough. As soon as you start cutting through that gas station instead of going all the way around that block, the whole shit is gone to shit. It's done. It just takes – you think, oh, it's not a big deal. I still ran. I still ran around the block. But there is a difference. How you do something makes it's the difference. difference. That is the difference. And especially in college, let's be honest, everyone's doing the same shit. Yep. Everyone's squatting. Everyone's benching. Everyone's sure. power cleaning. Everyone's running. Yep. But how you do that and the details you put into that make the difference. Absolutely. It's, not, it's much easier said than done. This team, you know, you lose a lot of guys, which is tough. And it's also hard because, and I know Coach Ward, you've been around a lot of teams, not just Fresno State, where you have success, you have a great, I don't even want to call it senior leadership, but guys who knew how to get the job done. Yeah. Okay. Experience. Experience. You have the experience. And a lot of the time, there's ebbs and flows to experience. Now, which makes me respect even more 
a program like Alabama who constantly if they if they don't if they don't win the national championship they're they're pissed. That's a bust of a season for them. If they win 10 games only, that's a that's a dog shit season for Alabama. Their standards this high, but what I'm getting at is they do a great job of developing their younger players to not giving complacent necessarily of the fruit of what the older players bared almost. So what I mean is, okay, you got young guys right now on this team who, and I've been through this cycle where you got, you're the young cat on the team. Your team's really good and you win. You think you just got to show up, punch that time clock in. Hey man, we're going to be good again. We got talent. We're Fresno state, baby. We run the mountain West, Yeah, but you don't realize that those older guys went through struggles internally, mentally, late nights of, you know, talking to the coaches, screaming at each other, nights in the house where you're just getting a little team bonding. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of little things that accumulate into that team chemistry that is enough to get the job done of winning a championship. And there's just certain things that take time. So with that being said, do you think, you know, understanding going through winter ball and spring ball and summer ball leading into this fall camp are these guys is there enough for this fresno state team to to hold the rope essentially i do i do believe that uh to be completely honest i just told the team today that i think this team and there's like a bunch of metrics that i go through at the end of every off season and and talk about you know, commitment, communication, cohesion, competitiveness. There's like a, there's a bunch of things I go through and and rank each team on. I told them this team has a better team culture than last year's team. I I do believe that, but we're just unproven. I told them they got to go out. They got to prove that shit every single day. So do I think this team could to rise to that occasion? I do. I really do. I do think that could be a possibility and that would not surprise me in the slightest. Right. There's a lot of intangibles that go with that too. There's there's more to football than catching balls and scoring touchdowns and making tackles and you know, having good field positions. There's a lot of little nitty-gritty things that aren't even measurable necessarily. Yeah. It's I know that's kind of old school maybe to say, but there's some things where, you know, you can't put a measurement on toughness, heart, culture, grit. Think grit juice yeah uh saw a great quote yesterday i don't know if you saw it pj fleck if you're juiceless you're useless if you're juiceful you're useful (laughs) next level (laughs) but like you know it's it's all about controlling the controllables and understanding what you're gonna do and 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 this in fall camp which people don't understand fall camp necessarily grind grind a lot you you get a, a big flash pan uh synopsis a little bit of foreshadowing of what kind of team are we going to be are yeah. we grinding are we fighting are we holding each other accountable yeah. what are we doing daily daily you can't run from this fade no it will always the truth will come knocking on your door and your true colors will show eventually 100 percent. the cream will rise to the crop people's jobs will be taken yeah let's <laughs> believe it yeah yeah people will fade you know and that's the thing too with camp man if 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 someone gets hurt you know, hopefully, knock on wood, that doesn't happen to anyone, right? right? Like, luckily, last year, we had a great training camp. No, we didn't have any major injuries inside training camp. But if that does happen, that creates an opportunity for someone to showcase yeah. what they got. Yeah. Uh, you know, injuries are part of the game. And it's it's unfortunate to where uh, it works. It's a two-sided coin. Yeah. You, you're the guy who goes down mentally, huge struggle, want to get back. Someone else is taking your reps. Been grinding all year to get those reps. Yeah. All of a sudden... 
little hammies acting up, little ankles acting up, shoulders acting up. Now I'm not playing to the best of my abilities. Someone else is fresh in there getting those reps. That's tough, man. That's yeah. tough on side. At the same time, guy ahead of you does that. Well, now you're getting more reps than you anticipated. Yeah. You make a couple of plays, make a little name for yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's part of the game. That's part of sports, <clears throat> especially football, though, I feel like. Especially football. Yeah. It's, it's such, and that's the thing I love about football is you can go and earn what you deserve. You can go and get what you have put your work into. Right. And if you're if what you've put in is not a solid foundation, then when you get your opportunity, it's not going to be there. No. You're not going to rise to the occasion. No. You know, it's it's one of those things where what you put in, you will get out, so to speak. You can't bullshit your way through this You can't process. bullshit your way through it. And especially in camp, the day, every day. I just feel like in other sports, you know, it's mentally, physically not as taxing. Right. Football, you're in a car accident every single freaking practice. Yep. You're putting your body on the line every single day. And I'm not hating on other sports. I love other sports. I watch a lot of other sports. Ooh. Supports Fresno State, basketball, baseball. I go to all kinds of different games. But the the physical nature of the sport is is just demanding. You think football has the best athletes? I think the best athletes in America play football, American yeah. football. I think that's the, I think football is America's sport right now. Yes. That's where natural athleticism will tend to go that direction. I, and then you have your niches. You know, if you're super tall, you typically go to the basketball, to basketball side, you know, and if you're, and then that's where it's like, okay, now the leftover athletes, and I, I don't want to hate on anyone, but let's, you know, if you were super freaking fast, you're probably trying to play receiver or running back or DB. Why wouldn't you? You know, why wouldn't you? But if you ain't got that kind of speed, then you're probably going to go into soccer or baseball go or baseball. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's 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 nothing. Some people just grow up naturally liking certain sports. So maybe there's yeah. some elite athletes in those sports that could play football. Like I definitely think guys like LeBron and his his prime and stuff like that could have played football. Yeah. But I think you know the best athletes overall, well-rounded athletes, are in football. Yeah, and I mean, like you know. Something like basketball is difficult to compare it to because if you're not six five, you really don't don't yeah. even play with it. Like that's if, I mean. if you grow up and you're a baller and that's your thing and you don't like contact and this that. Not saying basketball is not contact, but like there's definitely contact. There's involved, definitely contact, but it's but just different. It's different collisions. It's yeah. different mindset. I get it. The intensity is different. Okay, but like it, you're so you could like I knew I was never gonna play basketball. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> ever. X that out. It's fine. I'll play horse in the pool every yeah. once in a while. Like, I'll go pick up at I'll the rack. I'm ass at basketball. Baseball, though, like, you know, you grow up and if you're if you're balling and you want to pursue it, do it. I think it's also hard to, you know, I've had a couple pro baseball players on, some guys who have been in the actual majors, other guys who are bouncing in and out of that single A, double A, triple A realm. That's a tough mindset of dude, that's you a get, tough you, life. You get drafted to the quote-unquote Boston Red Sox, but you're not playing for the actual Boston Red Sox. No, you're, you're just playing, in their organization. You're in their organization, which is sick, and it takes time, but you might not, you might never get called up. You might take seven years to call, get called up, and yeah. while you're in that seven years, you're living in towns like like Bakersfield and Visalia and shit. <laughs> Stockton and, Ports. <laughs> right? And you're living in these towns and the the luxury of, um, you know, like college football, you, you get on a plane, you get food, you get a hotel. You just you kind of just got to follow a schedule and it's all provided for you. 
This That's you're driving the games. Resources. You're paying for your own shit. You got to go this you're, instead of you're doing 14 hour bus rides. Man, that's that's. I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze. You got to really love that shit and trust the process. And mentally, I feel like there's that equilibrium of like, okay, at what point is it not worth it? Or at also the same time, it's like, at what point is it worth it? Because you know you're chasing your dream, man. But it's it's as, tough as long as you have that mindset of. I'm going to fucking do this. Right. And you would love it and you enjoy it. Fuck, grind it out, man. See what can happen. So, some of the, I mean, look, dude, there's some of these guys have been in the minors for 10 years that are just making it to the major leagues. Yeah. You know, and that's because it's a, that's a, a testament to their, their longevity inside their sport and their commitment to that sport. Some guys, they want instant gratification, especially younger kids nowadays. They struggle with Overnight that. Overnight success, man. If they, if you, oh, well, I'm just, fuck it. I'm just not going to do this anymore. Right. You know, if you don't have that love and that drive, you're just going to give up a lot easier. It's, 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 it's a mindset and it's tough. I wonder though, you know, at, you mentioned that, like the up and coming generations of baseball players, I wonder if there'll be a bigger drop off of guys just being like i don't want to play single a i don't play double a i'd rather go you know sell cars or some bullshit like whatever it is they want to enjoy right you know i i don't know i think it's interesting because this year with the mlb they've had a youth movement which has been fun to watch there's a lot of young guys in the mlb right now that are up and coming um and so hopefully to be completely honest and i love i love uh, EPL Premier League Soccer and I love the relegation and promotion of it mm-hmm. that's uh, to me that m- keeps it interesting and I'd love to see some of these professional teams kind of adopt that model but you, let's be honest if they're not going to adopt that model then why make your young talent sit down there for years just because that's tradition right if they're good bring them up let yeah. them ball let's see what they got yeah and then it, it, as you continue to bring up those younger guys then that's just going to make the game more exciting because they're going to build their brand earlier right. and they're going to have big longer brand you know uh recognition later yeah. in their career i agree i think there's too much there's too much fat at the bottom of that bone for the for the mlb right now they need to trim that a little bit just a yeah. little bit before we continue, you got to have a quick shout out to our friends at the American Pistachio Growers. If you want to perform like the pros, eat your pistachios, eat those nuts, kids. Coach Ward, are there any good nutritional value to pistachios? You think? Uh, tons of nutritional value. I actually eat really? one cup. I eat one cup of pistachios every single night before I go to bed. Why? Well, it helps me sleep. To be honest, yeah. um, and there's some there's some qualities that help you stay asleep longer uh-huh. inside pistachios. And honestly, I just think they taste great. It gives me salt. I'm outside a lot. I sweat. I need to make sure my electrolytes are balanced. Yep. And so between the sleep quality and the extra salt right before I go to bed, and it helps me drink water. So I'm now I'm hydrating on top of that. Tons of benefits. <laughs> Eat your pistachios, kids. You mentioned soccer. I had a interesting uh little take i wanted to bring up today so you're familiar i don't want to butcher his name uh mbappe mbappe, mbappe right yeah stud stud, stud. If you watch the, the uh, it, arguably the best player right now arguably the best player right now uh if you watch the last world cup you know who he is 100 dude's a freaking dog. dog okay so we saw what live did with the golf thing yeah. right they try to start their own golf league in saudi arabia they're they're Poaching off some of the best guys in the in the world, cashing them out, cashing them out. And if you look at those dollar figures, it's kind of like, dude, like, why would you not do that? And yeah. I know, I, and there was rumors Tiger Woods got offered some big, big, big ass numbers. 
This Mbappe guy got offered $1 billion for a one-year contract. Yeah, one year. One year, $1 billion. That is, I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's unreal. That's what I mean. Like in America, we have a different culture. We we yeah. we value different things. And in outside of America, soccer is it. It is. Soccer is the thing. We're the weird ones. We're the weird ones. Could you yeah. imagine Tyreek Hill as a freaking forward? Oh. That dude would be balling over in Europe Crazy. if he played soccer. Yeah. You don't think he'd be getting that same offer to go play for some Saudi team? Physical specimens. Specimens. <clears throat> I just wondered, the reason I brought it up, it's like, okay, I understand, you know, let's say from my perspective, let's say I'm top of my field, one of the top of my yeah. field, right? At what point do you kind of consider that? Because I get there's more premier leagues, uh, more, I guess more prestigious opportunities to play the professional sport. And we're always, you know, everyone's chasing the bag, whether you like yeah. it or not. You're, you're, you get offered a better job. If it's the right fit for your family, then you're going to do it. You're going to consider it. Right. But there's also situations where it's like, okay, maybe it's not the best fit for your family, but that that paycheck just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it becomes a little more, you know, interesting to to dabble in the waters. Yeah. One billion dollars for a year. Patrick Mahomes got paid five hundred million dollars for what, like 10 years, 12 years, something yeah. like that. Dude, that's crazy. That's unreal money. I mean, if it's me, I don't know, man. Like <clears throat> There's so much behind the Saudi name that has so much negativity. Right. Right. A lot of unknowns. A lot of unknowns, a lot of political, you know, things that kind of are underlying in that world right there. And, you know, I think for me personally, dude, I go play one year. I'm done for my life. Right. I go home, do whatever the hell I want. I could go play one year, come back to, you know, whatever team I want to play with next. Yep. Um, And so. No one's going to be mad at you. Shit, I could go freaking buy a team damn near. Probably buy a league almost. I mean, it's it's crazy. That's crazy. Um, Billion with a B. And I think, you know, he said no. Okay, I get it. I get it. But it brings up the question, at what point do you say yes? I think it I think it has I think every person has a tipping point. And I, I think a billion dollars. For me and you, we're seeing that kind of money and we're like, what is this dude doing? Yeah. But you know, like some of these professional athletes, you know, they they're to them, there's there's there is like, okay, I know what I'm worth. I know I can ball here. I know I'm gonna get the notoriety and the publicity and the fame that comes with being in this league, in this town, the Champions League, all these things, right? That play into especially on the soccer side. Right. There's a lot of that goes into that decision. Cause I mean, to be honest, he he might go over there, he might be the most famous person ever over over in that world. But like that, right. that that leagues isn't like a a world league, you know what I'm saying? It's not like people are. Hey, are it's interesting to air out because yeah. it's like I understand there's pros, there's cons, there's all this shit. But at yeah. the same time, look at this live thing. Everyone was talking crap. Yeah. Guess what? They're back on the tour. Yeah, they're back on <laughs> those what, dudes what, made the right long, gamble there. How long did it take? A year? Uh, yeah, not even. Not even. Maybe a year and a half. That's what I'm saying. And guess what? They're back on the tour. Can you imagine if you got offered that money and you were? I mean, I probably would have. I don't think I would have taken the money either just because golf is such a traditional game. Yeah. And if you're at the top of your field, you're you're getting this, but you're not guaranteed money in golf. That's no. one thing. You got to yeah. win to get You got to earn it. 
You got to win to get the bag. I mean, you got to make the cut just to just to get into the money. If you don't make the cut, you just wasted all that That's money. Flight, you know, Airbnbs, all that stuff. I uh, I watched a little Netflix documentary. I, you watched the full thing? I watched yeah, full thing. I that mean, was a good. It's cool because it gives you a little perspective on like what these guys really go through. And yeah, all that. and it's it's different than the game. It, it's different than football. That's for damn sure. Yeah. If you don't have your jet, then you're really not a pro golfer. Yeah. And it, your bag's getting lost and beat up. You're a clown. Yeah. <laughs> but I uh, I don't know. It's interesting to hear about that tipping point. I think I would have done the one billion personally. That's a shit ton of money, man. Bro, like I said, one year. One I, year. I'd and probably then you go do, back. I'd probably do anything for $1 billion, to be honest. One year? go, And then you're back. One year, you're back to your normal life. Now, if there was all these contingency clauses. See, that's like, what we don't know. Right, you right, know, right. Like, we don't know. We don't know the nitty gritty of it. But if they said, hey, 365 days, you're going to play for this and you're a free man, no bullshit, nothing like that for one year, $1 yeah. billion. I'm kind of considering that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely considering it. Now, whether I do it, I don't know. I don't know. You know, until it's I mean, in front of me, until I have to make that choice, I don't know. You know, it's hard to it's hard to sit here and say what another man should have done, you know. No, I know. Everyone's got their their tipping point. Everyone's got their tipping point. Um, uh, you know, so transitioning a little bit, speaking of news, uh, Twitter today, I don't know how reliable that is. You were at Colorado for a year. You're yeah. at Fresno State now. There's allegedly uh, Colorado's going to the Big 12. That's what I saw. Yeah. I heard it's official. Yeah. Until they have a Big 12 logo on their jerseys, I don't believe shit. Yeah. But, you never, yeah. but I mean, what do you think, man? Like, that's crazy. I think it's the I, Wild West, but like, that, that was a fast, that was bang, bang. But boom, boom. They like, weren't overnight. The, they weren't on the list or the, the radar. Dion called somebody. Had to have. <laughs> I mean, had to. Have. I wouldn't be surprised if that went down. Uh, I know. I know. Dion's got all his little stuff he's got health wise going on, but it, I yeah. would not be surprised if that's been in the works since, since Dion got there. I would not be surprised if Dion had an inkling on this was going to happen when he signed with Colorado. Maybe. I <laughs> personally, and you don't have to comment on this because you don't have to, but I kind of like the. Uh, I kind of like the Pac-12 better. I. I have a bias. I'm a Pac-12 guy. Yeah. I grew up Pac-12. I grew up watching Pac-12. And and honestly, I grew up watching Coach Tedford. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I was in high Teddy. school, Teddy, man, like, he was cow and everything like that. That was my team back in the day wow. and everything. And so, like, I have a huge bias to the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 has better athletes, in my opinion. I, I think the Pac-12 has better quarterback play, in my opinion. Um, I think the offense is more exciting in the Pac-12. Yeah. And so I definitely think the Pac-12 has more draw. But you know what? You know, I mean, like we were talking about with Liv and with, uh, it, I mean, money's money and money talks nowadays. And honestly, I think that creates opportunities for other teams. Like they're not, Pac-12 is going to have to add three teams now. And I think that's good for Fresno State. Well, chances are, I mean, if Big 12 is going to bring one more in, I don't know. I tweeted this earlier today. Don't know what's going to fucking happen. I think if it's from the Pac-12 that they're going to bring someone over to the Big 12, you already brought Colorado. I think Utah is the other one. That's my two cents. That's my betting opinion. My wife went to Utah. I live in Salt Lake City. Dude, they're pretty hardcore in fucking Salt Lake City. Bro, they are rabid fans. That's top three stadium inside the Pac-12. Those fans are legit. They're in it. They're in it. They're aggressive fans. And... They have generally, they have a, always have a pretty, I mean, 
they're they, solemn. They've, they're they've quietly won the Pac-12 back-to-back years. Yeah, they just they just they're a process team. You know, if if there was a team that was you know that Bill Belichick style, it's them inside the Pac-12. I think if somebody gets the call, they go. Like you said, though, then that opens up another slot in the Pac-12. I don't know, man. I I look at the Big 12 and the Big 12 not having Texas and Oklahoma. I really think it dilutes the just kind of the brand of like this is the Big 12 type yeah. thing. And the Pac-12 as much as Oak, I mean, I'm sorry, USC and UCLA are such blue bloods. I don't know, man. I mean, you know we both have the same feelings on both those guys. We we're not we're not big USC or UCLA fans. I mean, we we've gone down there and competed with them, beat them, you know, like Let's I do it. Great. Great. Yeah. I, I do think, I think that one thing, I know money is the, the final answer for everything, but we've also played in some Big Ten stadiums before. I don't know how UCLA and USC are going to adapt to being in that week in and week out, let alone you play a team like Nebraska. Nebraska's come to Fresno State before. I wasn't playing yet. I was a fan at that point. <laughs> Guess what? They Fresno travels three hours to LA to make the Rose Bowl rowdy. Nebraska is going to sell half that shit out. Yeah. And they're going to, they got it, some diehards. You, <clears throat> diehards. And UCLA is going to be in there. Oh shit, man. Yeah. This, this is, they, they didn't drive three hours. They took two flights to get here. I, per, I personally think UCLA is going to have a rough transition. I don't, I don't think that they're built for that. No. Uh, USC, I think they're on the rise right now. A they're bit. on the rise, and especially in today's market with the NIL and the transfer portal and all this kind of stuff that's going on. Like it's Wild West out there. Like straight up, like I think they'll be able to get there quicker, right? Um, but I just I don't know. I think UCLA is in for a rude awakening. Well, they got a Heisman as a quarterback. They got Lincoln Riley, who's just freaking yeah. a great coach. Great coach. Got the right staff. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. It'll be interesting. I hope Fresno State, wherever, you know, you could only play the schedule you're given. That's yep. all you could do. Uh, all this is just hoopla, irrelevant bullshit until yeah. something happens. But I will say this Pac-12 guy, whoever's got that job title, I don't know who he is. We could Google him. You better pick a freaking TV deal, man. Um, yeah, that meteorites deal is what's killing them pick, right you now. You pick something. They have to get it's that done. Like, it's not like there's a hundred options. There's yes. got to be like what six options, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like in my mind, there's like only like three or four options. I like no I don't even. Idea. I don't even know what. Are, what are we gonna be doing? Watch it on Cartoon Network or That's something. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen, but it's definitely one of those things where it's like, okay, something needs to happen. And I think if it's like week, I could I could very well see this. People are gonna be so freaking pissed. It's gonna be like September twelfth, and everyone's just gonna be like. I can't watch Washington play Arizona State right now because some dumbass doesn't. They're not even going to broadcast it, right? What are they going to? Could do? you imagine those games get millions of views? They're, millions they're of elite. Views. They're elite games. Yeah, get millions of views. Could you imagine not having that in the Pac-12? It's killing the brand. There has to hit a point. I wonder. I'm sure they have a number that they're trying to get, but like we're talking about, like equilibriums of. If you had to make a grade, like there has to be a point where it's like, dude, we need to sign a deal. Yeah. And you've had what years, probably two years realistically, because since, since Texas and Oklahoma decided to go into the SEC, that's when the whole thing was like, whoa, holy shit. Yeah. That's what kicked all this off. It's kicked all this off. 
And you know what? I guess I'm in that generation where uh, the Pac-12 has always been the Pac-12. The SEC has always been the SEC. Like, in my experience of watching college football, I don't remember the Pac-10. Like, I don't personally. I'm 26 now. Like, <clears throat> I don't. It was a Pac-8 at one point. Yeah. Like, I don't remember that shit. You probably remember some of that. I remember the Pac-10. That's what I'm saying. So I get there's ebbs and flows to this, but at the same time, it's like, dude, this might this might be a hot take. Do you really want 20 teams in one conference too? That's just too many. Man, honestly though, like I think it's I think it's in my opinion, it's turning into the haves and the have-nots. And I think yeah. there's gonna end up being two super leagues. God. And to be honest, like I think that's why the Big 12 is trying to expand West. I think the Big 12 is trying to go after a California school or a school that's inside the the Pacific time zone because that's what these schools want. They wanna be on the East Coast at 9 a.m. and they want to be on the west coast at 7 p.m. at night right you know and that way their market is just so broad yeah. you're getting everyone all across america right and so personally i think that's the direction that we're heading and then it's going to be all right these these teams all right pay ungodly amounts of monies and then outside that, all right, now I think there will be a regression back to traditional college football yeah. with some of those other schools. It might take 20 years to get yeah, back Yeah, 100%. There. Yeah. A lot of shit could happen in between. And this NIL thing, a lot, lot, lot could happen. Dude, the NIL stuff is, is I'll say this. I mean, back in, if, if this was back in the day, it's, bro, there is some, there is, there's gotta be some guys that were t- talking, made, missed out on millions of dollars in college. Johnny Manziel, Reggie oh, Bush. You, dude, yeah, just to name two names right there. Those yeah. are, those guys are millionaires before they even leave college. I will say, I, I think, and I'm not to dive too deep into it. I don't think it's cool to use it as a recruiting tool out of high school. I think that's kind of fucked personally. And, I think whether you like it or not, you need to cap it. You need to. I, I agree. I, I think there's I should think be it, that. Make I think it a level playing field. Make it a level playing field. You cap it. And then maybe if you're the uh maybe they bring the video game back and if you're on the cover, it's like a million dollar bonus. Right. Like it's yeah. sick. Oh shit. So and so's on the cover, they get their million bucks. I think that would be cool, but you you can't just have this bidding war. And and like also Again, I haven't been in a locker room during this era and and Fresno State might not get hit as hard as some of those SEC schools do. But like, you know, if I'm in the quarterback room and I'm working my way up the depth chart like we were talking about and I'm I'm doing my thing and all of a sudden there's some senior in high school who we we paid $4 million to come here. Like, do you think that he's not going to have an advantage over me on getting reps, getting opportunities to play? We, you invested. Are you, are you kidding me? That's like anything. That coach is committed to that. That's what I'm saying. Person. It's 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 the equivalence of brought it up on the pod many times. You draft a uh, wide receiver in the first round, and you draft and you have an undrafted free agent wide receiver. They're the same class. Maybe they're the same height, same weight. Right? Guess what? The leash, the string, the rope to fuck shit up that the first round has compared to the undrafted free agent. It's not. It's night and day. Night and day. It's night and day. You're saying the undrafted guy messes one thing up. Out. Gone. Done. The uh, first rounder drops three passes and has a couple of assignments. Hey, we got to work on that, buddy. Gets arrested or gets in trouble for driving 140 for a dog emergency. What's up with that? (laughs) You kidding me? 140? 140. I've gone fast. You kidding me? You don't need to go 140. That guy ain't getting in trouble for that. 
He ain't getting cut from the team for that. No. Too much investment. Someone else does that though. Gone. Gone. And honestly though, I mean, especially at the college level, I mean, if you make one bad investment, I mean, wh- who's paying for this money? It's donors. It's it's businesses. That business, that donor is going to look at you kind of sideways. Well, or is this really the right quarterback? Right. And, well, you said this about this last guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's my money. Yeah. I think too, one thing we kind of talked about with the, when I interviewed the linebackers and the tight ends, it's like, how much, and you, you're internal, so you might know more than I do, but I think people don't realize, like, okay, let's say I get a $100,000 NIL deal, right? Do you, is there education on, like, hey, you're going to have to pay taxes on this. Hey, you're going to have to, you know, save up because you live in California and this happens and now you're in this bracket and all this shit. Like, may, I, shout out to whoever college understood this. I'm sure there's a coach out there that was like, oh, I'm sure. Hey, uh, and this might be a good fall camp activity. One of those, you know, after dinner meetings where yeah. a guy comes in and be like, all right, this is our NIL um, money understanding talk, right? Yeah. And it's like, you might get X amount for NIL. If you get this much, prepare to pay taxes in this. Because it's not like it's a lemonade stand on the side of a corner where someone's no, just giving you tax cash. free. It's not no. like you're getting checks written under the table. No. You know, that's, I, I, I think initially, I think a lot of schools weren't prepared for that. No. And now, now I know at least here at Fresno, they're they're doing more of that educational stuff. Right. You know, we got Aaron Mitchell now, our director of NIL. Wow, who's, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, that uh, that right there is is I know pretty. Um, you know, I know he's buttoning some things up on that side of things as well. Right. And so I know there's a new process being put in place. Yeah. But dude, I think initially, I think kids were like, wait, what you mean I owe $5,000, $6,000 at the end of the year? I ain't got that kind of money. I spent that. That's what I'm saying. It's rude awakening, man. Yeah. You, and usually those talks would happen when, you know, our boys would get drafted to the league and they yeah. get the first check. And they're like, yeah, I get a check for 40 grand a week. And it's like, no, you get a check for 22 grand a week. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> Uncle Sam gets a check for 18 grand a week. <laughs> so it's, and I mean, like an adult, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, it's funny, man. Like talking not to get into politics at all, but I think everyone's at the point, And I just had some, a lot of conversations recently with some people like kind of my generation because there's all this bullshit in politics these days. And I'm not a political podcast, but like at the end of the day, I think one thing everyone can agree on is if you're going to be the guy who I get to keep more of my paycheck, I'm probably going to be on board with your shit. At this oh, point. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Because everyone's chasing the bag. And dude, California's expensive. The world is expensive. The, right dude, now, right now it's so expensive. I mean, I'm everywhere. Trying, I'm trying to get a backyard put in like. I'm doing the bare minimum. I'm like trying to get some nice dirt in there instead of <laughs> I was going to do grass. I'm like, maybe we'll do gravel instead or something. I don't know what's going to happen, but gas, there was a point where uh, if 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 you were driving around town to get gas and you're like, oh shit, that's in the threes. I'm not going to that one. Now you're like, oh, it's under five. All right, I'll go to that one. Yeah. It's regular to us. We're yeah. become numb to it. Shit's fucking crazy, man. Desensitized. <laughs> Before we continue, speaking of finances, we're going to give a quick shout out to our friends at FFB Bank. You remember Fresno First Bank? They rebranded to FFB Bank. They are no longer just in the Fresno community. They are national, worldwide, just like Bring the Juices. If you have any needs for 
banking, both personal and business side, go to FFB Bank. They'll treat you with a prime business approach. They'll take care of you, give you a go dogs, a hey, did you listen to the last episode of Bring the Juice? Great people. They take care of you for all your banking needs, FFB Bank. Okay, Coach Ward. So, straight conditioning, leading into season, we talked about it. What, is there any new, you know, you're always trying to master your craft. Yeah. If, if you don't try and do that, I feel like you're falling behind. You You will. What are the newest like technologies right now? What's what's the new thing where you're like, okay, because I I was in the Tendo speed area and I know yeah. that's like dinosaur shit compared to now. <laughs> but what is like what are some of the things that that the new technologies that Division One college football program is implementing right now? The 1080 sprint is is probably the technology that's on on the rise right now and becoming more popular amongst 1080 everyone. sprint. 1080 sprint. So okay. what it does, let's say, let's say you know, let's just, you run a 4-4 four, four, okay. and I run a 4-4. Four, four. Okay. Let's be honest. I ain't running no fucking 4-4, four, four, but let's just pretend, right? Yeah. All right. Let's say you come out the gate hot, but then slow down at the end. But let's say I come out the gate slow and then pick up. up as I go. We shouldn't be doing the speed, same speed program. Mm. And so it's easy to evaluate that when you have this 1080 sprint, because then we hook it up and you run, you run your 40, you run your 30, whatever distance you want to run. And then with this technology, it tells you exactly what how much force how much velocity what your stride length is with every single step and then you can kind of look at the trace and this trace will kind of be building like this yeah. sometimes it dies out sometimes it's a slow build and then we'll put that into like our system and i have people on my staff that help me with this um sean robbins and and tyler they both do a great job of helping me build my dashboards and everything like that and that'll put you into a certain speed group and then based on that speed group you start there we work mechanical stuff we work some technique we work some plyos specific to what you need to work on right and then your speed groups are specific to what you need to work on for you and then we come back together and this summer we do all that speed stuff on the front end then we come back together we compete we do some stuff to utilize that speed and then all right now let's play some football and do some football conditioning right wow how about that <clears throat> dude shit it's the, the technology nowadays is growing yeah. and it's becoming more accessible yeah that's the thing like you know 10 years ago it was too expensive almost. it was too expensive right. and only the elites can afford these things but now it's becoming more accessible to to people i mean honestly we're we're pretty fortunate we have a really good donor base here and they we have some really good donors that that really take care of us inside the weight room side of things yeah. um but i mean at other schools you know even at san jose and and sacramento that some of these schools are even being able to get some of these products which is exciting for them right um but you know the the 1080 sprint is probably the 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 newest technology that's like all right this is if you don't have this you are falling behind wow how about that god what about as far as strength do you you've been in the game a long time now are people you think as a generation are kids stronger now weaker now definitely weaker i'll say this yeah. movement skills have improved Okay. Like the freshman class we just got in last two years, both both freshman classes, but specifically this one right here, it, they they move well, right. right? They run, they can change directions, they can flip their hips, all that stuff. They could put their foot in the ground and redirect. That stuff looks pretty. But then you go and try and evaluate their their force, or you go and try and evaluate how much they can lift or what their vertical jump is. That stuff is honestly, in my opinion, falling down significant. Is that have to do with the lack of 
just commitment to their high school strength and conditioning coaches, those third parties and all that the, stuff. That's exactly what it is. Those little third parties. Like, yeah. and there's, there's a lot of great trainers out there. Like sure. there's a lot of, there's even really good trainers here locally in Fresno that I've had conversations with and met with and everything like that. But like nowadays these kids are growing through the system and it's more about, all right, let's get you faster. Or let's get you better at your sport, wide receiver coaches or position coaches. And the weight room side of things is being devalued. Yeah, And that's the thing that, you know, me and my strength coach buddies always talk about. It's like, dude, these kids are coming in and they can run fast, but then you ask them to go lift 135 on the bar and they look like absolute shit. And it, it takes, it takes like freaking six months to rebuild get technique down to get the technique to build that foundation and it's like they can't control the bar they can't control their own body weight sometimes in some of these certain movements and that side of things is is not only are they not only being devalued on the weight room side but then they go home and then they're just chilling yeah you know what i'm saying it's, it's not like it used to be like when I was a kid, you know, and back in my day, right, you right. know, back in my day, we used to go outside and play until it got dark, you right. know, and, and it wasn't like we played video games and had these headsets and you could connect with people all across, you know, friends that you haven't talked to forever. Yeah, no, no, no. It's who's on the joysticks right there. That's yeah. it. We're going outside, we inside. That's yeah. all it is. I, uh, no, it's, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, I, I didn't know what the answer was, but I could imagine. So also, you know, you don't realize how important strength conditioning is until you get into that college program and understand, like, this is really what you do. Yeah. I'll say, too, like, once you're out of it, it's depressing lifting by yourself, man. It's depressing not having that environment of the college. The environment football. is the hardest thing, man. It's contagious. And it's not the same when you leave that environment. Dude, you can and lift in the gym. I have a rack in my garage by myself. I'll throw some tunes on. It just doesn't, it's just not the same. It doesn't hit. Doesn't it doesn't quite hit. hit the same. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I have a rack in my garage too. And, you know, I'd be, I'd be trying to go out there and I still clang and bang. I still slang it. Oh, I but it. it's just, it's, the motivation, the inter you have it's the internal motivation that is what's the hardest piece. There's nobody there to keep you accountable. There's nobody there. Freaking, I I, I had a great talk with my brother about it. Ago. I was like, you lift with guys who are stronger than you. Well, there's a lot of mindsets to that. One of them that's evident, in my opinion, is just the concept of okay, let's say these guys have this weight on. It just becomes a pain in the ass to take that weight off and put your weight on, like, bro. Just leave the five. <laughs> just, just leave the five, bro. I be I be doing that I'll all the time. Shit. Just yeah, hit that shit. you're good, man. Like, yeah. Over time, it kind of starts accumulating to where you do get stronger because of it. That that intensity accumulation over time and yeah. load uh, tonnage it adds up. So, what's your in person? What's your what's what's the most you've seen benched and squatted? Dude, today. We had a guy on the team, Ezra, on the D-line, new guy, yeah. squat 675. True squat. True squat. True depth. Full depth. To a, to, to we squat to a box that way. The depth is consistent. 675 on the bar. The bar was bent. We just got brand new bars in the weight room, right? Totally like just on shit. Tuesday. We just, And so he's squatting. I'm, I walk over there. I'm like, oh, damn, that's a lot of weight. I start counting it up. I'm like, damn, that's a, that's a whole new range. I got to I gotta do some weight room math here. Hold on. Let me bust this out. <laughs> haven't had to do this in a while. I'm like, damn, 675. The bar is bending and bowing. He hits that shit. Everyone the went wild. Crazy. Everyone circled up. That that environment is contagious that's, and that's it, juice it, right there. You juice, bro. It helped him get that because yes. he hit four, he hit six, 
six thirty five prior to that, yeah. and it was like a grind, right. you know. Yeah. But then the juice, everyone's like, oh, everyone's seeing, it, everyone's right, coming right, over. Right. We throw on six seventy five, and that six seventy five looked easier than six thirty five because of that juice, dude. It's the difference. It is the difference. What about bench? So the most I've ever seen um, would be four eighty. I think it was four eighty on four eighty. The two and a half heaviest plates in the weight room. Four eighty. <sighs> The two and a half. <laughs> Damn, that was at that was my that was when I was at Stanford. Um, uh, yeah, that was that People was. People don't understand how strong that is. That that's it's like that's the type of strength that's just freaking raw. Like he, yeah. came, we didn't develop that. He came in strong, yeah. and then yeah, we improved him. But he came in already benching four hundred five as a true freshman. Like when you're already benching four hundred five as a true freshman. Dude, you know that by the time you're a senior, there's going to be some freaking numbers being thrown oh, absolutely. around. What is... Okay, so I have this... There's been a little debate. So if you're a grown-ass man, okay, and you got to hold yourself to a standard. Yeah. What's the, like, keep yourself in check number you should be doing? Should be able to have to do 20 push-ups? Should you make sure you get at least one on 225? What, what, is, the, what is the, like, hey, you need to check yourself number? Make sure yeah, I'm not saying you gotta be running gas and ladders yeah, yeah. or squatting PRs or any of that shit, but the old like, yeah, I still got it. I still got it. So I mean, I've always gone off of one and a half times your body weight on a squat. If you can squat one and a half times your body weight, you're doing okay. But as a as like me deep down, if I can't squat 365, I I feel like a bitch. Like I'm, I, I will forever. I'm 70 years old. I'm throwing fucking 365 on that bar and I'm getting it up one way or another. Like that shit is going up. You're a squat guy though. You're not I'm a squat shit. guy. I, 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 that's how I check myself. Okay. Like if I'm looking for like, do I still got it or not? Am right. I getting old or not? Yeah. Is this, are my kids catching up to me and my dad bod taking over or not? 365 is it for me. Like if I can't hit that. I know. All right, here it is. I'm fucking going back to back back to my powerlifting days. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm getting that bitch back up. And then all right, now all right, all right, I can I can do I can go back to doing some power cleans and some yeah. some snatches and stuff like that. Three sixty five on squat. Yeah, I at, for me two seventy five on bench. If I'm not hitting two seventy five, I feel like I'm being a fucking bitch. You got your numbers. Those those are my two numbers: two seventy five, three sixty five. Are those impressive numbers? Not really, but like well, for hold for you're me, in a, you're in a you're also though in a extreme intense high level elite environment. There's, yeah, I read some shit that there's like half the population can't hit one thirty five on bench or something. Like bro, that. you would be shocked. Or probably more. Or something like you, that. It probably more than that to be complete. Fact check. Honest. What was that, Jake? 98? That's crazy. 90%. That does not shock me in the slightest. Dude, like, you got to think about it. These kids nowadays, they don't grow up in the weight room. Like, back in, here we go again, back in my day, we had, like, gym as part of PE class. Like, Dude, it's fun to lift weights. Dude, it's fun. And feel the pump and the swole, you know. Testosterone. The, yeah. Little, and like, yeah. Now, nowadays, I'd be talking to some high school strength coaches and getting to know some more of those kind of population of guys. And, like, the kids, they they say they go in there and they they do some core or some body weight stuff. And, you know, that's like, it's just not the same. It's also, I noticed too, people kind of steer away from like free weights itself. Yeah, well. that's what I'm, yeah. And I'm sorry, man. I've, I had, I remember having buddies in college where like when we had our little winter two weeks off or our little May two weeks off. Yeah. They'd want to go 
get a workout in somewhere. Yeah. All right. I do this maybe twice a year with one of these guys. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, let's hit the bench. And they're going on the machine with like the, the freaking handles. And, and yeah. That. I'm like, bro, that's not, bench. yeah, that's not at all bench. No. Cause guess what? There, the chances of me fucking up and killing myself off this slim to none, slim to none. That's the dude, the mindset. I need that fear. That, yes. I need that. You better get this up. That you, I better get this, especially when you're lifting by yourself. I better get this up or it's going on my freaking throat. I've had nights where I'm lifting by myself. My wife will be in there doing a little little aerobics and yeah. stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, man, you, you better, you better lock in real yeah. quick, man. This ain't just all right, get your five. Like I'll I'll do like a an eight, six, four, three, two. And like that too. Like you might be a little gas, a little fatigue. I better chalk up right now, get the right song on. <laughs> yeah. get, you better I'm get really, that right mind, that mind right. Shoulders back the right way. <laughs> because if I don't get that first one up, the last thing you want is to be short. And then and then what? And then, then what? You're you're crawling underneath it. I'm not gonna let that happen. Yeah, I'm can't you can't let that happen. Too it's much different. pride on the inside. Too much pride on the inside. Ward, before I close it up, I'm gonna give you the 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 table. Anything you want to say to bring the Juice Nation, Bulldog Nation. Appreciate you coming back. Yeah, man, I I, I appreciate you having me on. I'll say this, Bulldog Nation. When it comes to when it comes to Fresno State, know that this year's team is stronger, more explosive more powerful than last year. I am super excited to see the direction that this team goes this year. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that this year's team has the ability to match what last year's team did. And I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in that. That fires me up. Fires me up. God, go out to a dog's game this year. Get your new Bring the Juice hats. They're very sexy. The Red Wave uh, hat. The Red Wave hat. I just got mine today. Sexy with it. We wanted you to model for the for the online catalog. Oh yeah, dude. I, I, I ain't got that kind of face <laughs> nowadays, but I'll do it. Let's go. Coach Andy Ward, strength and conditioning coach, Fresno State, the go, the strength warden, the man, him. And uh, if you're wondering why our Bulldogs are so strong, so fast, so good looking, so explosive, it's because of this man right here. Like five stars, subscribe, unsubscribe, buy your merch. Get your piss hot, fire me up, and we'll see you next week.